This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Every now and then, one of my older kids will say to me, Mom, do you remember when I was like eight years old and you said to me X, Y, and Z, do you remember, Mom? Do you remember that happening? And I totally do not remember the event. Now, either they're making stuff up as they go or I'm over here making an impact and not even realizing when I'm making an impact. The same thing happens sometimes in my teaching career when somebody will say to me, Ruchi, I remember 10 years ago or 20 years ago when you said X, Y, and Z. And then they'll start to quote something I said, which like half the time I remember and half the time I don't remember. But it's a really scary feeling that I could say something and make such an impact on somebody and have absolutely no memory of the event. And I do think that we often do not realize when we're making the greatest impact. This week's Torah portion focuses on the story of Joseph and his brothers. The basic storyline is that Joseph has 11 brothers and he starts having dreams about him being king over them. And he shares the dreams with them and they become envious. And eventually the situation escalates and they sell him as a slave to Egypt. It's a painful story to read. It's full of pathos and drama and envy and hate and competition and revenge. But one of the most heartwarming parts of the story is where two of Joseph's brothers stepped forward to try and rescue him from the brotherly plot to kill him. Those two brothers are Reuben and Judah. Reuben says to the brothers, let's not kill him. Let's instead throw him into a pit. His intention was to sneak back later, rescue him from their hands, and return him to their father. So they listen to Reuben and they throw Joseph in a pit and then they sit down to eat. And after a while, they see a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from the town of Gilad and they're on their way to Egypt. So Judah says to his brothers, I have a good idea. Instead of killing Joseph, why don't we instead sell him to the Ishmaelites? So his brothers agree. They haul him out of the pit and they sell him to the Ishmaelites. And that is how Joseph ultimately ends up in Egypt. So let's talk about Reuben first. The Torah makes a startling statement about Reuben's actions in the story. If a person performs a mitzvah, a good deed, he should perform it wholeheartedly. Had Reuben known that God would write about him in the Torah, Reuben heard and he rescued him from their hands, he would have gone much further and carried Joseph back to their father on his shoulders. This teaching is very hard to understand. Are we trying to say that Reuben would have outperformed himself if he would have known that he was going to get fame and glamour in the newspapers one day? Are we trying to insinuate that this was just about positive PR? So what's actually happening here is that the Torah is teaching us that Reuben was quite conflicted about his leadership. He really wasn't sure what was the right thing to do. His brothers, who were all truly great men, decided together that Joseph deserved to die. He sensed that Joseph didn't really deserve to die and he tried to save him as best as he could, but his attempts were still somewhat tentative, right? 
he only went part way. He thought that the most he could convince his brothers to do was to throw him into a pit instead of killing him. And then, unbeknownst to them, he would actually save Joseph's life. But what if Reuben would have acted with more authority, with more confidence? Perhaps he could have actually asked the brothers to return Joseph to their father altogether and not harm him in any way. So the lesson here is that if Reuben would have had more confidence in doing the right thing, the outcome could have been so much greater and so much better. Little did he know that God was so proud of his actions. Little did he know that he would become an example, but that that example could have been far more powerful. So you see that this observation about making an impact and not even realizing the impact is not just about you and me but about some of our greatest leaders. Let's talk about Judah's contribution to the story. Judah, in this story, also displays an enormous amount of leadership. He's the one who speaks up and suggests that they not kill their brother at all, nor let him get killed passively in the pit, but that they sell him to the caravan and allow him to go down to Egypt and at least be out of their lives. And we see that the brothers readily listen to Judah as well. So maybe if Judah would have also gone the extra mile and suggested that they not harm him at all, they would have listened to him too. In fact, Judah is the brother who ends up displaying this type of leadership over and over again. In the end, it is Judah from whom all the Jewish kings emerged, including the most famous Jewish kings such as King David and his son King Solomon. There are many stories about Judah that display this quality of leadership, including the ability to admit when he was wrong and the ability to apologize for his mistakes. Much later, when the brothers are in Egypt seeking food during a famine, it is a disguised Joseph who stands before them, unbeknownst to them, the second most powerful man in the land. The brothers end up having a very difficult altercation with Joseph, where Joseph insists that they bring him their youngest brother as collateral. Joseph keeps accusing them of terrible crimes, and they're very confused and lost and terrified. It is Judah who steps forward and passionately and cogently argues their case before Joseph to protect his brother. So we see, Judah has come full circle. He went from being a tentative and hesitant leader to a powerful and confident one. And these are the qualities of leadership that are necessary for the Jewish people. On the one hand, confidence and doing the right thing, even when you feel tentative or insecure. On the other hand, a humbleness that you're fallible, that you're human, that you can make mistakes, and that you know how to apologize for those mistakes. But really, this teaching is about every single one of us. Because we all have moments in our lives where we know we should stand up for what's right, but we feel hesitant and tentative. We're not sure if we're right. We're not sure if people will listen to us. We're not sure if we have the influence or clout to make statements or grand gestures. But we all have a story. God is writing your story and my story as well. He's our greatest coach and our most vocal cheerleader but we don't always know that we can make a great impact. In the moment, we don't know, we never know, 
which of our words, actions, or choices will make the biggest impact. Often, we only realize years later. And if we only knew how important and valuable and cherished these actions were, we would outperform ourselves and be able to make an even more powerful impact. So maybe we should try to view every encounter as a valuable opportunity for impact, because we really never know. It was author and self-help guru Marianne Williamson who said, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.